0: This is Racer Nation, welcome to the bank. What's up, Racer Nation? Welcome back to episode 51 of the Racer Nation podcast. My name is Sawyer Lawson, and I'm joined by two of the best men I know who also happen to be two of the best podcasters to ever grace the airwaves, Mr. Austin Blakely, Mr. Logan Foster. (laughs) And tonight we officially begin the journey of the 99th season of racer basketball. And I think this might be one of the best and most fun episodes we've ever done. Uh, It's got all the intangibles of stuff that you look for in a great racer podcast. We continue our preseason preview, looking at the roster, diving into the schedule, and we have two big-time commitments to talk about that may waves to the recruiting world this weekend. But first, we have even bigger and better breaking news, as this weekend was one that we will always cherish and one I know Austin and I have been looking forward to and excited about for a really long time. Um, so with that being said, before I get too sentimental this early in the show, and it will happen probably sooner rather than later, I'm going to pass the spotlight over to Logan as he's got something amazing, wonderful, incredible, and incredible to share with you guys to kick us off tonight.
1: Yeah, the big news is I finally grew up and decided to pop the big question to my girlfriend, who is now my fiance. So uh, now the third member of the Racer Nation podcast will sometime, hopefully in 2024, be getting married.
2: Let's go. Woo. Yeah. Big time. yeah, I'm excited. Big time.
1: Yeah, I think she's excited, but I don't know that she knows what she signed up for yet.
2: You know, it all any time you get uh, attached to one of us, you know, doing doing this crazy thing with racer basketball, she uh, she better know it's a lifelong commitment, not just to you, but to the racers.
1: <laughs> yeah, she she's put up with quite a lot over the years. And so I think she deserves it. Yeah. And know. if she can hang with me through all the racer games and, and watch me as I sometimes lose my mind, I, I think she's a keeper.
0: Well,
2: I, I think that's smart because she's seen you at your worst. And, you know, she can put up with that. So. <laughs> oh,
1: goodness. That's true.
2: Well, we, we love it for you, Logan. Very much a very, very happy for you and Sydney. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so all the podcast listeners can be looking out for their invite in the mail, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. It's an <laughs> open invitation.
2: Yeah, there you go. If you lo- listening to a future episode, right, you'll, you'll be sharing that. That's
1: shared, true. Huh? <laughs>
0: I think he's going to be careful, though, because, I mean, last night the racer shot so bad from the free throw line. I'm pretty sure it was because the glare coming off of the ring. Um, She better keep that thing wrapped up because that was absolutely
2: beautiful. I, I did text you guys before, and, you know, I said it looks like a light show in the CFSB Center going on during starting lineups, and... You know, I know Nico came through with the new lights, but I, I really thought it was just all the big lights hitting the ring, and I was like, "Man, is it gonna be like this all game? Because I'm not gonna be able to watch. I, you know, you gotta watch out." But I guess it was <laughs> the I guess it was the new LED lights. So maybe we, you guys can fill me in on that before I get to see him on Friday. But uh, anyways, Logan, I, I saw you posted that thing on Twitter uh, or posted on Twitter of uh, uh, the big news and said you got down in the in the victory formation, right? So I was just thinking, you know, at least you're pulling your weight at you know, in Murray this year, being able to use the victory formation. So, uh, glad somebody's able to bring it home, bringing home dubs. That's what we do. Bringing, bringing home dubs in life and on the basketball court. And it's all your, like you said, 99 season of racer basketball. That's, that's pretty crazy. That's more than three of us put together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as we kick off this season, one thing I, I wanted to, I wanted to pose you to you guys this tonight, a little two part question, um, We promised you guys earlier on in in, in this season it's going to be maybe a little bit less of the X's and O's and more about the fun stuff, more about the stuff about our lives. And and really it's going to give us a chance to to dive into, um, you know, things off of off of the basketball court but we also want to talk about it with you guys too so we want to get you guys involved and uh, we want to hear from you guys uh our listeners and uh, all of racer nation about some of the things that we talk about so uh we're kicking it off with a fun one tonight like i said it's a two-parter so we'll start with the first one and logan i kind of tipped you off to this last night but um as we get into basketball season, I want to hear from you guys. Do you guys have any traditions or anything that you guys do to help you get into the spirit when basketball season comes around? So, uh, for me, you know, personally, um, I I really like to, to do a couple of different things. Um, so, for me, you know, I really like watching, going back and rewatching all the old games, the great Neil Bradley calls. Um, over the past couple of weeks, I've been watching a couple here and there that really get. Uh, gets me back in the spirit, the old highlights, uh, Josh triple double game, the Vandy highlights, um, even highlights from some of the, the the best you know single just regular season games we've had from the past. Uh, I also really love you know like reading the Banner Years book, especially when we're going back to Racer Arena. Um, some really great quotes that uh, and pages out of there that I like to like to pull up to to look back on and. Uh, also like to to watch some of the old basketball movies too. Like uh, my daughter's really like Space Jam right now. That was a favorite of mine growing up. I used to always watch that before basketball season. Uh, nowadays, I really like watching Glory Road. Watch it every year before basketball season. Austin, I think you and I might have gone to see that in the theaters together way yeah. back in the day. Um, yeah. So that's really. I just thought about that just now. That's just crazy. Um, but so that's what I usually do. Um, also like going to Racer arena and walking around and such. But some of those things kind of put me in the spirit. Uh, you know, a lot of people like watching Christmas movies and stuff to get you ready for Christmas. Same question for you guys, just about basketball. So uh, interested to hear your traditions. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, Racer Nation, jump on board and, and let us know what some of your favorite traditions are to help you uh, in kicking off the basketball season.
2: Yeah, that's a good one and a good one to get people involved in, right? That's what everybody's talking about right now. Yesterday being the first day of basketball season. Well, you know, usually I'm the one blindsiding you guys with questions. So I feel a little taken, taken aback here. And I don't, yeah, I know how it feels. Yeah, I know. I don't like it. So, uh, but I guess it makes for good content and good podcasting because I don't really have a good answer for you now that I think about it. Um, I do, I guess my only tradition, and it's just kind of like a recent one. I, I bought this belt buckle off of eBay about yes. two years ago, and uh, I man, I wish this was a video podcast. And I know somebody said that, and we might explore that option in the future. I just got a new laptop, so uh, we we might have that ability, but we'll cross that bridge. We'll see, uh, maybe this year. But uh, it is, you know, this was pre like all the Racer Arena old logo stuff, and I got it off eBay. For like 20 bucks and it's a belt buckle of the old dunker logo right with the m and that's just become my tradition that every single murray state game not the ones i watch at home but the ones i go to in person i wear this belt buckle and i tell you i bought it um, in 21 i guess when we went on the big run and I thought, man, this belt buckle has magic powers because I wore it for <laughs> the very first time to the game at Belmont where uh, my wife, well, I guess girlfriend at the time, or maybe fiance. I better figure that one out. I think fiance, fiance, yes. The, yeah, fiance is Because I was going to mention
0: another one of our traditions, I forgot to say it, is that any that either one of us has gotten engaged or for myself had a child, the racers have always hung a banner. So I'm not saying, I'm just
2: saying. Yeah, no no pressure, Logan, right? So uh it was our That's first trip to, Yeah, no kidding. It was our first trip down to Belmont, and that was the game that Juice had like 27 in the first half, and we like blew their doors off. And I had my belt buckle on. I'm like, oh man, this is something special. I took it to Vegas with us when we when we went to Vegas yes, for my bachelor yeah. party, and that worked out fairly decent for one night. And uh man, so now I don't think I well. We don't have to talk about last year. I wore it to a couple games last year, but you know, it's redeeming itself. It's one and oh, I wore it to the Racer Arena games. So, uh, man, I, I don't really, I'm always going back and watching the YouTube videos, Sawyer, like you said, or uh, you mentioned the old Neil Bradley calls. There's a great, if you go to the multimedia section uh, on go racers.com, there's some of those archived there. And, uh, man, it's going to be a uh, bummer that there's not going to be any more added, right? So, uh, we'll, we'll take what we have with that. So, yeah, listen to those. I, listen to some the other day actually which was cool so um and then just watching i mean it like this is the best time of year when like sometimes we'll go and uh when we sit down to have dinner it's like man do we hop on netflix do we watch something on hulu it's like no you pull up hulu live and it i don't know if anybody has like hulu or youtube it like learns what you watch and so uh, I like only watch sports on there. I pay $80 a month to watch sports. Um, but the good part is ESPN Plus uh, feeds in to Hulu Live, right, because the Disney, uh, no free ads, I guess, um, on that. But literally every college basketball game is on my For like You page. And so all I have to do is turn on Hulu, and I'm like – All right. I got about 20 options here and they've now made it where you can like there's a back button and you can do like between an ESPN U game and an ESPN plus game and an ESPN three game. It's all on there together. So you're not having to switch apps and stuff. And uh, man, it's just so awesome when you, you know, you get home at five o'clock and there's college basketball on the TV and you don't have to decide if you're, you know, my wife's pulling up the golden bachelor and I got to go find something in the other room. Nope. It's college basketball season, boys.
1: Well, uh, that's really inspiring, you two. You guys actually have traditions and uh, things that you look forward to. I've got a really boring answer, but I just basically look at the spreads and <laughs> see what see what Vegas is thinking. Uh, I'll go look at um, exhibition box scores, see the new guys on the teams and that are in our conference, and see you know, who's the matchups going to be. who Who do they pick up that they're really utilizing? Um, for basically, if you're looking at Murray state, you could say, and you're looking for another team. Oh, well, this Nick Ellington guy is coming on strong or something. I basically do that for the other teams. Um, but yeah, I I don't really have a very good answer. I'm sorry, guys.
0: Oh, Uh, no, that's good. I think that a lot of people share those same things and, uh, whatever (laughs) it is to get your, get your blood pumping. Um, I know that for me, like whenever I walk back into the arena, it's like homecoming in November for basketball like it is for homecoming for football. Um, that first exhibition game, you come back and everybody's in their seats that they've been at for the past, you know, 25 years. And you know, where everybody's at and you see those smiling faces and people you haven't seen for a couple of months. And, uh, it's just always so fun to come back into the arena and, uh, you know, racer nation really gets, uh, it's really special this time of year. So my two parter to that is kind of off of one of my answers, but I just wanted to see, you know, what are your guys' favorite basketball movies? So there's just so many um i can i've got a list here of ones that i've thought of uh if i've forgotten any uh let me know but we got you know got hoosiers and coach carter semi-pro he got game hoop dreams blue chips um going back to when you your kids like mike rebound oh, that's
2: gonna be mine
0: all no. those disney channel movies like double teamed and um luck of the irish and you know all the way back to to some of those, you know, those What movies, about those uh, movies.
2: what about Airbud? Don't don't Air Bud, forget yes. Airbud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Light Mike was going to be mine. I, I thought I was going to be kind of like flying under the radar with Light Mike, but man, I thought that was a great movie. A little little Bow Wow, right? I mean, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a throwback that's really right there. Yeah. I always thought I could run across the pair of shoes, um, but you know, the power quit, line. Yeah, I I quit playing basketball freshman year, so that's that's all I had. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when Coach Roth goes away, you know, it's just not worth playing anymore, huh? That's it. That's it. Hey, yeah. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason. Yeah, I've got one that's kind of off the wall and not a very well-known movie. But I was obsessed with this guy growing up. I I wanted to be just like him. He was my favorite basketball player. And there was a movie uh, based on his life. And it's called Pistol. After oh, Pistol Pete oh, yes. Maravich, yes, And yeah. I just watched that over and over again. I've watched growing up countless hours of his old black and white, uh, LSU and old NBA highlights on YouTube. Uh, just thought he was the man. And so, yep, that's kind of corny, but that was my, uh, my favorite basketball movie growing up.
0: Awesome. I love it. So, yeah. So, uh, listeners, you know, you've got a lot of ammunition tonight. Um, listening to the podcast, feel free to Hit us up. Congratulate Logan and Sydney first off. Tell us about your traditions. Tell us your favorite basketball movie. And uh, together, you know, we're going to be really ready to rock and roll. I expect when this comes out, you know, Thursday morning, everybody will get a chance to listen. And Friday night should be a raucous environment in the CFSB Center because um, everybody will be jacked up and ready to go. So um, with that being said, I guess let's throw it into uh, more preview of this race for basketball season, Alton. Well, yeah, and thank you, Sawyer, uh, for, for coming up with that stuff.
2: That, that was cool. So, um, man, before we get into, like, too much more of a preview, we did play. We played a basketball game last night, right? And so, man, like I said earlier, we're just winning all over. Uh, Logan's winning in life, and and we're winning on this podcast. And the Racers are winning on the floor with a big win, 91-58. to 58. And I'm sure – I don't know how much we want to, you know, dive into the X's and O's and stuff, but – You know, I'm a big eye test guy, uh, whether it's basketball or college football. Like, man, with all these college football playoff rankings, I'm like the eye test. I I think Georgia's better than Ohio State, even if the stats don't show it and stuff kind of thing. Not to get into any kind of arguments there. But, guys, I sit there and and watch the ESPN uh, Broad, ESPN Plus broadcast. And as our conversation from last week on the podcast, right after the race Arena game, shifts to this week i just feel like and i don't know logan maybe i you you guys were there in person and saw it but and maybe i'm uh building it up too much in my head but i just i'm a lot more pumped up this episode than i was last
1: yeah i think uh you know outside of the first half of the first half (laughs) we really looked pretty good um I think our defense was really poor starting out the game, and that was evident. They matched us shot for shot basically for a while. And, you know, after the Brescia game, we started slow and didn't really kick it into high gear until the second half. And so people were kind of getting a little anxious, to be quite honest. But I thought our guys responded well. Once they decided to really put their foot down, we looked good. And I was actually impressed with the crowd um, for a, you know, a game against a Division they, two uh, NAIA, whatever they are. Yeah,
2: 4,500 is what they have listed, so
1: yeah, not and, bad. And it wasn't a uh, you know, lame crowd. They kind of got into it, and students showed up more than I really expected to. Um, and I'm not sure if that's partially because of the Racer Arena game that's kind of what I was hoping would happen is that so many people would come to that game that they would feel invested earlier in the season. But uh, I thought we had a great turnout now, you know, I think all of our uh, non-Division one games may be over if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the real show begins Friday, Uh, you know, Tennessee tech's not, they don't look all that great, but, it gets real, real quick when we play Western Kentucky next Tuesday.
2: Yeah. And Sawyer, I think that's one thing we talked about last week is, like, what do you expect to see out of the team uh, on Monday night against Midway? Because, you know, like you said, NAIA in, in team, it's like they're obviously not the most talented team that's going to be in the CFSB Center this year. But I think when you look at games like this, obviously a lot can go wrong, but... You know, from what we laid out last week, I think a lot of that stuff came to fruition. And it's like you get a I'm not a math guy, thirty-three point win. And what else could you expect out of a game like this, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think that based on the, the level of competition that we had that we were going up against, I think that the racers checked almost every box. Something I think you wanted to see Nick Ellington really assert his dominance. He did that in a major way um we wanted to see us knock down more threes did that not as much early um I think we wanted to shut down them knocking down threes and we didn't do that as much early but like you said Logan after the first half of the first half we hit a lot of threes and we didn't let up a lot of threes so um getting back into the flow playing your first home game at home uh I think that was I think you checked a lot of boxes like you said Austin and as far as the x's and o's not not a lot to to really chew on on this one, but you know you had seven guys in double figures that I really thought was awesome. Um, something that you know I think that we there's a lot of guys that could do that every single night in and night out. But for me, Logan, kind of going off of your point is the, the thing that I think I was the most impressed about was just the joy the team was having um, and the environment. And if you if you guys have a chance, go back and watch Nick Ellington's postgame press conference. Uh, he, he he only it's only like two and a half minutes. But he talked about loving playing with this team, loving the guys on the team. You can just tell the culture has changed. But, you know, he stated it was his night last night. But any night, it could be somebody else's night to go off. And that the team just feeds off of that, knowing that that can happen. And and cheering and supporting each other. And even after the game, it went even further, where the players and coaches all were were uh, talking about how great the support was. And how, how great the environment was. And, I mean, last night is probably going to be, like you said, the worst environment of the season, you know, on paper. So it's just going to keep getting better and better. And there's a lot of reasons to be excited for a lot of stuff that's going on. And, you know, th- I think these, the past racer teams, and I think I might've said this last week, were at their best when they were playing for each other, when they were playing for the past players that have come before them in the tradition and they are playing for the fans and they just all build on each other. And I think this team showcased last night that, The nerves are shaking off and that's how they're going to play for the rest of the year. So there's a lot of hope that I saw last night. Obviously it was going up against a much lower level competition, but you know, there's teams in the past that would have just mailed in this game Mm -hmm. and this team did not do that. So I was impressed. I think there's a lot of great reason for hope moving forward because I mean, once you get that momentum going, good things just happen. You know, think about, you know, uh, KJ's team his last year here with juice and, and, and Trey and Tevin and. You know, there was a lot of games that could have gone either way down the stretch, but they just found a way to win, and that magic was there because there was a lot of momentum. So I hope if that's something that, that this team can can build on throughout the rest of this year, then that'll be something awesome, because I think this team will need it, and I think this team will thrive with it.
2: I think you make a good point, or you make a lot of good points, but I want to... Yeah, Yeah, you're welcome. I want to expand more on, like, the flow you talked about, because... Um, you know that's what really hurt us last year of getting off to those slow starts. I mean, how many times did we get down eight to zero, ten to two? And you saw a lot of that was being forced shots early in the shot clock, right? And we come out very first possession, they win the tip, which is probably going to be a happen a lot this year. Get the turnover, and you're like, all right, okay, got poke the ball free, got a steal, and then we go down one pass. Sean Walker takes a three. It's like, man, that is not how you establish what probably a good shot. He was open, but it's like, man, is that what you want the very first possession of the game to be guarantee? you, That's not what they had drawn up in the locker room. Right. Uh, and so, you know, we were able to rebound from that and Sean ended up playing really, really well. He was a guy I was impressed by last night, but you noticed his second shot was either a layup or a dunk after the flow of the offense. And I thought we saw that a lot more last night. And, Probably one reason we shot 44% from the three-point line. They got a lot of open looks. There's a lot of layups, too. A lot of looks around the basket. Nick got a lot of looks. And they let the offense flow for them. And um, one thing, Sawyer, uh, you know, we talked about when we we got to see the team last week a little bit um, practicing and you know, one thing I'd, I'd mention to you and one thing that's kind of been a pet peeve of mine that I don't think I've said on here is like, I don't think we set very effective screens at all. Uh, I feel like a lot of guys just mail it in. They kind of just go up there and stand and roll off and like, they never make contact. And sometimes they're even, like, screening their own player. It's it's just like it they have a spot. To, yes, exactly. They have a spot to get to. And it's a motion offense. So, I think it would be, it'd be very easy to just get in the motions. Like, okay, I got to go set screen this spot. It's like I'm screening a spot, not a person. And then I roll to the basket. Um, and, you know, we, I saw that in practice Friday. And I turned to saw I'm like, man, this is so frustrating. You know, I think of guys like Farrell uh, uh, Jarvis and Farrell and uh, – Wayne Cage, Langston, Wayne Langston, man, those guys were like the screeners from all, you know all conference
1: screeners right there. That created cam. Yeah, and, we were always told that Brion Sanctius set the best screens too. Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. exactly. That's, Kenny's talked about this on the podcast before about how you know
2: yeah. you can't go through the motion setting screens. Right, and and I think that was part of our and not to get off on a tangent here, um, but I think that was probably part of our problem last year. Why we didn't get a lot of open shots is because guys weren't getting open because they weren't getting screened for so it's really easy to play defense when you're just like following your man all day Um, but I was watching that game last night and I saw a lot better which I know we were playing midway so I don't want to overreact to playing an NAI school midway but midway's put up a lot of points this year as well they got some guys that can shoot but I thought our screens were a lot more effective which led to open baskets I know at least more than once I mean uh, I'm thinking like Justin here uh, you know, he he had a couple looks there in the paint where he rolled off a screen across uh, right at the free throw line, caught the ball uh, while he while his man was getting screened, going downhill toward the basket. And now he's got that strength that he built over the uh, summer. He's got the height where he's going to be able to finish that layup over just about anybody we played. Maybe not the seven three guy we're about to talk about, but he's going to be able to finish that layup over about everybody. Um And that just creates for so much more effective look. So you saw Justin miss a couple threes. Um, He goes in, gets a couple layups, and boom, he ends up shooting 50% from three for the game. You see Sean Walker miss an open one earlier. He goes, gets a little dirty in the paint, gets some offensive rebounds, gets a couple dunks, and boom, you see Sean go two for five from the three-point line. I mean, I would take Sean shooting 40% from three every single night, right? And that's what he shot last year at Mercer. So um, anyways, I think I kind of went all over with my rant right there. So I don't really know what to say to wrap it up other than I think the flow of the offense looked a lot better. And like you said, Sawyer, hopefully momentum to build off of of like, hey, this is effective when we run it correctly and sell out on it. And uh, Logan, please save me with some other thoughts before I just keep rambling.
1: <laughs> no, I've often been critical about our offense being kind of lackadaisical and not being able to uh, run sets effectively. And to your point last night, we were running these uh, plays where Justin was curling off screens, getting into the middle of the paint, not just sitting out at the three point line, uh, waiting for the ball to swing to him. I think Sean Walker was also coming off those screens as well. It, it was actually refreshing to see. And like you guys said, there's only so much you can take away from a game against Midway. But, you know, it, it's still a game and you still got to go out there and execute like it's anybody else. So that was actually really encouraging to see
2: guys one thing i did want to ask you guys uh, you all about you know i I wasn't in in the arena right like i mentioned probably like 18 times on this podcast already because i was jealous of not being able to be there to see the first home opener with the new lights i mean i just talk about these new lights all the time and i told the story with with nico and we were in his office and all that and it came to fruition and and now you guys got to see him and i saw him a little bit over the espn broadcast so so tell me with the with the pregame and the the, the the starting lineups and I mean it looked like a a daggum a Trans Siberian Orchestra show on on the ESPN Plus <laughs> it it was going crazy so I saw your tell me a little bit about about the game day experience.
0: I'll see if they can play the Carol of the Bells for you when you walk in on Friday night, but it was pretty awesome. I mean, they had the the red, white, and blue uh, corresponding with the National Anthem. Thought that was awesome. Um, Austin, I know you're the big lights guy. You've been wanting this since you've been born when you were singing the TSU uh, fight song. Um, So... But I thought that I thought it was great. It really it, the way that it was done. It just feels like you're in an NBA game, and that's just what Nico and and Brock Radkeki and some of those guys were put made, made this all happen. That's what uh, that's their goal was in this project. And uh, when you walk into the CFSB Center, the full game day experience is on its way towards being what you're going to see in the NBA environment. And uh, you just can't you just got to tip your hats to those guys, the hard work they put in. It's just so cool. Like uh, when they had the oh another thing that you didn't even mention that you wouldn't have been able to see at home, but the new video crew they have, uh, putting the videos okay. together, is absolutely awesome. Um, the, the content they're going to be putting out throughout the year, from what I've heard, and the stuff they've already released, uh, I know I tweeted out from the pod account, it got me fired up, and he <laughs> had a lot of engagement. So I think it got all of Racer Nation fired up. So you've got all those intangibles. Also, I don't know if you can see it or not, but they also have smoke. I just thought it was awesome, Logan.
1: Yeah, I didn't really remember that we had all yeah. of those improvements until i got there just forgot about it and
2: you were still in the racer arena mindset like the 1990s man. you know 1997 you're like man it's cool there's video boards here right
1: absolutely yeah i was glad we had a sound system in the race <laughs> arena um but but in all all seriousness i didn't realize it until the national anthem and I just thought, something's different. And then it clicked that you know, we do have a fog machine now, and the lights are turning off. And, and then I just obviously thought about Austin Blakely and how much he <laughs> should have been there. He has been beating the drum for years and years and years <laughs> if this needed to happen. And sounds like Friday night. Yeah. We're going to find out all that. We'll,
2: we'll, we'll make it happen. We yeah. got the wide out Friday night against Tennessee Tech. So, you know, we'll we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, that is one thing, you know, I mentioned, uh, we got to check out Friday, um, practice and I, that was the first time I'd been in the CFSB center since, I don't know, I guess the last season. And, uh, you know, I, I sorry, what was the first thing I told you when we walked in there? I said, this is, this is different. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That was That's literally the first thing I said when we walked, we walked through the door. I was like, man, it's just so much brighter in here. And I was like, can't wait to see him see him go off, but like you said, it's, it's big time. And, um, sorry, you mentioned too, like, you know, this is just the first step right in that whole game day experience. So I think there's going to be a lot more, like you mentioned, that come out to, to push us to that next level of like, Hey, you're going to an experience. You're not going to just a Murray state game. Right. And, uh, I, obviously the, the, the team's going to be enough to get everybody out there anyway, but adding those experiences and adding, to a better environment of not just watching a basketball game. There's going to be a lot more that goes, goes along with it. And uh, I think you'll be hearing a lot more of that stuff in the, in the coming months, which is going to be really, really exciting to talk about when uh, they let us talk about it. Right. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um,
1: Hey, as Nico always tells us, we're not done yet. That's it.
0: Just getting started. just
1: Just getting started. Just
2: getting started. I like it. So a little tease, to be talked about on future episodes uh, maybe one with we have got the boss man on so it's been about a year since we talked to the boss uh, officially so you know maybe we, we can have him on here in a couple episodes or something like that so uh, we will see like i mentioned tennessee tech coming into the bank old ovc uh foe luckily we don't have to go to Cookeville anymore talk about a place with some crappy lights i mean i remember watching that place on tv and it's like you know, it reminds me of when we all went to Jay Alexander's before Belmont game and uh, Logan, your dad's over there with the light trying to look at the menu. <laughs> I feel like that's how, you know, the lighting's so low in there. That's how it is at the, at Cookville. But luckily they're going to be in the bank uh, Friday night. It's going to be a good opportunity to go out and come out and see the racers, uh, you know, Friday night game, bring the family out, get everybody out there. Cause uh, I think, you know, the momentum that this team's building, so like you mentioned, it's, you're going to want to get out there early and see them man I think Tennessee tech is uh, maybe not so great on paper. I mean, they played Tennessee the other night uh, or last night, I guess. And I think Tennessee is going to beat a lot of people in Knoxville this year, but, but guys, they kind of, kind of embarrassed Tennessee tech a little bit. Um, they got pretty much shellacked against Austin P. They did a, they did a charity scrimmage deal, um, which are becoming more and more popular, right? Those charity scrimmages. We saw, uh, Kansas and Illinois do one a couple weeks ago, and I think Logan, that might be your avenue to get a real team into racer arena in the future. But anyway, I'll I'll leave it at that. I think it's gonna be hard to get an actual game in there, but I think a charity well, scrimmage might be the way to go.
1: A young man can dream, but That's I it. will say what Austin P did to Tennessee Tech wasn't very charitable. <laughs> no.
2: No, hopefully they raised some the money because that was the only, yeah. only charity part of that game. They they won big time. but
1: Yeah, they gave I, a lot of buckets.
2: A lot of Tennessee buckets. Tech. A lot of cash, right? A lot of cash money. The bank was definitely open that night uh, for the charity event. But I know you guys have looked at Tennessee Tech a little bit, Logan. There's one guy that, that you want to highlight that might be the tallest player, biggest player we see out of any team this year.
1: Yeah, uh, big David Craig. Seven foot two from South Africa, and actually, he's uh, kind of a friendly foe um, because he come from Mercer, and so he was teammates with Sean Walker. So we'll have a little inside scoop, and Sean can give a, a little scouting report to the team beforehand.
2: That's just going to be a spectacle to see, Sorry. I mean, not every day you see a guy who's seven foot two. What's he like? Two two 250 I mean, he's a big guy.
1: He's listed so, at 235, but oh, yeah, well, I was off just seven foot two pounds. is still <laughs> seven foot two. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's pretty crazy.
1: He, yeah. That might... 96% Wimbenyama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a spectacle for sure. I, I'm really interested to see the matchup to see how uh, Nick Ellington can, can go up against a guy of his size. Um, I don't think anybody here is trying to say that Mr. Craig is anywhere with the have, has any type of the skill level that we're going to see with with other big posts in the in the valley. But still, he's going to have the size. And so, uh, regardless of the skill set, I'd love to see love to see Nick um, continue the performance that he had from uh, Monday night and bring it on to Friday night. It'd be pretty awesome too. And you know, you got to know that Sean Walker wants to get a little piece back of his old teammate. So. Um, should I call my shot and say maybe a little poster? Oh. Teammate man. on teammate before the game? <laughs> uh, um, just to welcome him back. Um, you know, I hope, I hope we can, we can be charitable with, uh, with our buckets as well. I think that this should be a matchup that the racers, um, can, can really flourish in. Um, and that's something that I'd like to see because, uh, we need to build as much momentum as we can heading into next week. And, um, when you look at Tennessee tech, they really struggled to score the ball. I mean, 12 points against Tennessee and Tennessee has great size, um, on the, on the perimeter, but you know, with Sean Walker and and Justin Morgan and Quincy Anderson, we have pretty good size on the wings as well. Um, and I'm not as worried about as much about, um, Craig inside, although he has the height. Um, you know, I don't think he's his, 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 uh, his forte is scoring around the basket. So, um, you know, I think that that will, will feed to our strengths and, um, without going too far into the X's and O's, I think this will be a, a very favorable matchup for the racers.
2: I think it will be interesting. You brought up Nick, and we didn't talk about Nick a ton in that midway game, but man, he played awesome, right? And but but midway was super undersized. There's no no bones about that. And I think you know I'm thinking I'm thinking back uh, to to guys we've had that's been more like Nick's height in the past, um, like a Devin Gilmore. Like obviously Nick's got a lot more a lot more muscle and body than Devin did. But, man, you always saw Devin really perform in games against the NAIA schools, at probably some of his best performances, right? So I really hope Nick can bridge it from not just doing it against those guys to doing it against, you know, Division one teams, right, where, I mean, I don't think any of us expect him to average 22 and 12 to see <laughs> across the whole season. But, man, fighting for those rebounds, getting those offensive rebounds, being super aggressive. Uh, I think that's what, you know, hopefully we can keep seeing from Nick. And I know just talking to some of the guys around the program, you know, Nick was really disappointed with how he performed in the Racer Arena game, and he didn't get a lot of touches and stuff, and he felt like he had an off game. So for him to come out and show against Midway, like, man, this is his potential, uh, having that mindset and building that confidence hopefully propels him uh, to, you know, really have a big season for us, Logan.
1: Sure, and I think that's everybody's question is – Sure, he Nick looked great against six foot four, six foot five big men from Midway. How's he going to look against six foot ten, which he's going to see every night in the Missouri Valley? And uh, that remains to be seen. You know, uh, big Cushan for Brescia, he kind of posed some problems for Nick, but um, like you said, he bounced back in a big way. I think. the thing to keep in mind is, you know, he's six foot six, whatever he is. Who knows how tall Nick actually is, but um, he, he can't control that. You know, if we can control it, I think all of us would say we'd like to be taller, too. <laughs> um, but what can he control? And he can control his effort and his attitude and, uh, you know, doing the intangible things, boxing out and going for loose balls, hitting his free throws, which I believe he was six for six last
2: night. That was awesome. uh,
1: Which you love to see. Um, Those are the things he can control. And so, you know, you watch him. He's got a smile on his face the whole time. I love that. Uh, He provides a lot of effort. You know, he gave us reasons to stand up and didn't tell us to get up off our feet or get up on our feet once. That was awesome. Uh, So I don't know. I just love his energy. You know, you talk about the post game press conference where he says he likes being on this team and his teammates. He seems like an infectious guy to be around and, um, you know, the type of person you want in the locker room if you're a Racer fan.
0: Absolutely. I just, I think that I, I'm not, I don't feel like we're going out on a limb after just this midway game saying that he's going to be a guy that just keeps getting better throughout the season. And, you know, playing at Eastern Illinois, his first real uh, test. Uh, as far as his first year of having a true test being at the OVC level and, and as his game continues to grow in the Missouri Valley, I think that we're just going to see Nick keep him, keep him on making strides. And, you know, Logan, like you mentioned, I did not know you could physically get an offensive rebound and put it back without flexing right afterwards, but Nick did it last night. So he defied the laws of physics, um, and it continues to impress us. So I'm a, I'm a big Nick Ellington fan. I think that, like you said, his smile is infectious. Um, we got a lot of great guys on this team, and I think that once if he keeps building off of this uh, – uh, like it did last night, then I think that's going to be something, like I said earlier, it's going to provide us a lot of hope for this season.
2: And I think Nick's built, the way he plays, uh, the way he plays is he he's going to quickly become a fan favorite, which is just going to feed into that as well. You know, I think that'll be awesome. I got a question for you guys, and let me know if you guys uh, don't like it or don't want to answer it. But, um, you know, we, we've compared Nick already, to uh, like the likes of Jordan Skipper Brown, just from there. uh they're so
1: similar. Very similar.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I guess my question is, obviously Skip just had one season with us, but and then Nick's getting a lot more playing time than than, than Skip did. But do you guys think – I mean, it's been two games that we've seen him right? Do you guys think Nick is farther along at this point than, say, Skip was two or three games into the season uh, when he was here?
1: I think it's hard to tell, to be honest. You know, we – all of us had really high hopes for Skipper Brown when he came to Murray because of his athleticism and seeing what he did to the racers, the Mm -hmm. games we played him when he was at Eastern Illinois. uh, I think it was really a culture shock for Skipper Brown when he came here. It's just two totally different programs and the expectations here are so much more than what they were at Eastern Illinois. And, you know, it seemed like I, I can't remember if he had injury problems or something, but you know, it took him a while to get going. But at the end of his uh, se- senior season, he made some huge plays in the NCAA tournament for us.
0: Yeah, And yeah.
1: You know, we may not win that basketball game against San Francisco without Skipper Brown. So, um, I if I had to guess, he probably is a little farther along. Nick um, Nick is than Jordan. But, you know, the, it, it just shows you that that type of athleticism and, and body type. And I know we were playing in the OVC, but the, uh, the ability, once you get a lot of good coaching, as opposed to what you get at Eastern Illinois, let's just be honest, um, <laughs> how much that can, you know, snowball and, and make you into a much better player over the course of six months, um, let alone just being there for a year or so. Um, you know, and is Nick a junior?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just looking that up. I couldn't remember if he was a sophomore or a junior, yeah. but yeah,
1: he's yeah. Um, and I've said it a bunch. I would like for us to play two bigs. He's he's going to be so undersized when when we come to Missouri Valley play. I'd love to see him play the four if if possible, or you know bring another big man in that can uh, can play the five or you know stretch the four maybe and play the four and let Nick stay down low if he's not comfortable shooting outside. Um, but with his energy and his effort, his, uh, joy for the game and joy for Murray state, it's just going to be hard to keep him off the floor. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think the guy that I really look at with, with Nick outside of of Skipper Brown is, is a guy we already mentioned earlier in this podcast. And that's uh, Wayne Langston, you know, they're the lefty. And mm-hmm. I think maybe you, maybe you could compare him to where he was whenever he came in as a junior. And he didn't play a whole lot his junior year, you know, namely think because we had Jonathan Farrell and Jarvis Williams. I mean, um, right. there wasn't a lot of time there, but Wayne blossomed into a, a great screener. I don't remember him ever taking many shots, you know, outside the painted area, um, all of them were right around the parabola down low. And so I think that, you know, he, he reminds me a lot from him. And I think that from from that perspective, it I think they're on a, a similar, I think they're at a similar place, you know, whenever Wayne came, Wayne came in and where Nick said. And, um, you know, if we have a better season, Wayne's senior year, uh, I think that he might have been in the conversation for like almost a first team uh, OVC guy. And he was a second team OVC guy um, and hit his free throws just like Nick does. Had quiet 13-7, 13 and nine games all season long. Pretty much averaged it, and he was such an underrated uh, big man that we've had from the past that uh, sometimes gets forgotten. Lefty Langston, um, but a guy that I, I really was always fond of because of how hard he played. I don't think he was as much of a, as an energy guy uh, as Nick is, but I think that's just a pro for uh, for Nick and his personality. But both of them are extremely hard workers, and I really like the trajectory I think that we could see. Nick making throughout the season.
2: And I think the what's going to help Nick is, you know, he's going to have, he's going to have to learn. Like he, he's our guy, you know, he's, he's going to start, he's going to be out there. So it's feast or famine for Nick. And I think, you know, he's going to have the support around him to make sure it's, it's feast, right?
1: Yeah. And I will mention, you hate to ever bring this up, but with the depth of our front court, you saw last night, Sam Murray was kind of grabbing at his midsection whenever he was coming out of the game at the end. We already have a depleted front court, so minutes, you know, if, if you can play, if you can be on the court, you're going to get to play. And uh, with Nick and Malik and Sam really being the only big men we've got, and, you know, if Sam can't stay healthy or if something happens to Nick or Malik, you know, being as aggressive as he is if he gets hurt, um, you know, there's like you said they just they've got to be on the floor
2: yeah no no doubt uh they're i mean that's the game of basketball you gotta have some tall guys out there to get rebounds and stuff that that was another thing we saw the guards rebound really well not to keep harping on the midway game but i think that's gonna be our key stat saw your baby stat was was a couple years ago i think our our guard rebounding numbers might be our stat this year uh, we'll see as the season progresses uh but We'll take care of business Friday night, hopefully. Then we've got Tuesday, the return of, I thought I would say Western Kentucky, but we've got Red Panda coming in for the halftime performance. You guys probably don't know who I'm talking about.
1: Oh, heck yes.
2: Yeah, Logan, you know. You know. Oh, yeah. So, this is, uh, I don't know, do, do we spoil it or just let the people see on, on Tuesday during the game?
1: I don't know, man, but... I tell you what, I'm not even going to get up to go to the bathroom.
2: No, I'm staying for Red Panda. This, this halftime performance, and I don't know how to how to preface it without giving away, but it is we we throw a lot of big adjectives around, but unbelievable is what this thing is. And she will she puts on a show, and I promise you, when halftime comes around on Tuesday, do not get out of your seat because you're going to want to witness the Red Panda. Anyways what people really probably want to hear about on this podcast is the return of Western Kentucky to the bank. It's been, gosh, not, not the history guy, maybe 2015, 2014 since, uh, Western's been, uh, since we played them, uh, whatsoever. I do remember some games, uh, when we were in college Sawyer, when we would, we were sitting over there together, uh, where Western was in the bank, a couple good wins for the, for the Razors. But, uh, you know, Western has been very up and down, mainly down uh, over the past few years. But I guess first off, just the athletic departments and the basketball teams coming together to get this series back going. I think it's signed for four years, uh, uh, home and away, home and away, right? Uh, so going to diddle next year over in Bowling Green. But, guys, this just makes sense, right? It's just one of those, like, MTSU makes sense. Uh, Austin P going forward is going to make sense and western just makes sense that's a t- less than two and a half hours right uh so i think it's really great that this is this is happening and uh you know guys hopefully i'm glad we're playing at home uh, getting the first game at home and hopefully uh you know the race can show show what we're made of and get the dub because i think like i think we mentioned on the last podcast logan you you brought it up of like when these guys came in and we played austin p last year it's like we had to tell everybody why You got to hate Austin P. This is why we want to beat him. So hopefully, you know, we can set the standard now of why we don't like Western, why we want to beat Western, and hopefully, guys, why we beat him on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's a great game for both schools. Um, It's going to be a net builder for both teams. Um, It makes sense from from a locality standpoint. We've got Western grads here. They're going to have Murray grads in Bowling Green. I hope this turns into a tremendous rivalry. And, and, you know, as as you go through, Austin, like you mentioned, you know the, if these games continue these will be rivals so we're going to have we're going to have a season chock full of rival games which is going to be awesome and i know this is the the path that nico and coach prome have have laid out of trying to establish the absolute best non conference schedule we can possibly have that that way that you know, the reason why we joined the Missouri Valley Conference is to be in a league that has multiple bids. We're not talking about two, we're talking about three or four. Uh, and having teams like Western on the, on the schedule is, is a, it's a great part of doing that. Um, you know, Western is, is a, little, a little bit of a rebuilding mode themselves. Uh, but they've got a lot of guys that chose to stick around for their new head coach. And I think probably the most popular one of those is Dante Allen, a transfer from the University of Kentucky, actually picked uh, second team on the, um, for all conference for them. Strangely enough, don't don't know as much about their team. Didn't really do as much of a deep dive this year as I have in the past, but didn't even start for Western last night when we scored three points. I uh, thought that was interesting. But uh, looking at their roster, they are going to have tremendous guards, uh, and they're going to really put pressure on our, uh, on our big men. So uh, I'm really excited for the matchup. I think this game, I had it circled on my calendar when the schedule came out, that this of the non-conference might be the most crucial, and let me tell you why. So we play – western next tuesday night then we have essentially a week off before we go down to fort myers and i think for this team as they're building as they're trying to cultivate the culture for this team and establish that identity that we were searching for last year if you're able to win on tuesday night uh saying that we went on on friday night um that you have a week off uh, of positive momentum to, to to grow off of a win as you move into the fort myers tip off so i think that at this moment of the season, because you I mean, once you after you play Western, you go down to Fort Myers and play two quality games, then boom, you're right back into conference uh, conference play. A full week of the season is eating up by that point, you know, almost two. And I, I think this is if the racers are able to come out with a huge win against Western, that will be a huge shot in the arm um that we can ride that momentum for the rest of the season.
2: Great points there made around around the western game. So, you know, one, West, just playing Western Kentucky should get the fans out, right? And, you know, we're probably preaching to the choir a little bit here because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably doing everything in your darndest to, to make it to that game if you're able to. So playing Western Kentucky, Red Panda at halftime. Maybe most importantly, Sawyer Lawson taking the half-court shot for $5,000. And, man, like, always say these guys have a lot of pressure – we, we see the guy at the Racer Arena game just nail it first try. That was awesome. That wasn't for five thousand dollars, so that wasn't for charity like what, what Mister Lawson's doing here. But Sawyer, you, I hope you're practicing because if if you make it, the racers are winning. You you never see it where the person makes the half court shot and the team loses. So I hope you've been getting some time in the gym.
0: I've been trying my best. Um, I've been in the gym a little bit, uh, but this, like you said, the expectations are high, and if I do hit it and the team doesn't win, that is not going to make me feel very good. So I really <laughs> hope that we go ahead and that we can take care of business. But yeah, it's an awesome awesome deal that, that Perkins does every year for that. So I'm excited to do it. I'm going to need everybody cheering loud. I'm sure that everybody will with it being a Western game anyway. So yeah, I mean, how awesome would that be, though? Getting a win, getting to see Red Panda. A suit for the soul getting $5,000. Uh, it'd be a pretty perfect night in the CFSB center. So uh, only thing, only thing that I wish could be better was have Austin in attendance. Um, ah, but yeah. I, think, yeah. I think, I think, I think we're setting up for a pretty special night on Tuesday.
1: Yeah,
2: I like it. Uh, vibes are high. We're going to get this win on Friday. Vibes are going to be even higher. And then, like you said, it's, I think this, uh, this season can all be a lot about momentum and, and building that and, and having a good showing in Fort Myers, like we did a couple years ago when we were down in Fort Myers. That's going to make that Bradley game very interesting because, uh, I mean, guys, they had a big win last night. It took them overtime. They played some really, really tough stretches in the second half after getting up 16 at halftime. But but they got a big win against UAB last night. So them coming in uh, to the CFSB Center for the very first NBC game is going to be, going to be very, very interesting. Uh, Sawyer, you mentioned at the top of the show, big week on the recruiting front right Uh, you you never know what you're going to get in these early signing periods uh, because there's high school guys and now so much with the transfer portal but what's coach Prohm and the staff done they've gone out and for the first time in program history gone out and got two top 150 guys to shore up the team for next year and that's going to be the big guy Jordan McCollum out of, I don't even know where he's from because he's played like three different places already at some AAU teams and some prep schools. Uh, sorry, I know you're going to be, you're going to have all the stats for us. And then also point guard, DJ Shine, uh, you know, getting another, getting another DJ. This one's going to shine for us at the point guard role. Um, another top 50 guy. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of did a cool thing for him with the uh, Facebook Live announcement kind of did it up big which is pretty sweet if you guys, guys had a chance to to uh check that out on sunday but you know we, we talked we're guaranteed three open scholarships because uh, you're gonna lose uh rob perry quincy and sean walker are the guaranteed seniors and there's obviously probably going to be more but that's two out of three scholarships you've already signed or you've already got committed to and i know both guys coaching staff is super excited about
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You you can't go through the recruiting period and not be excited when you have two guys within the top one rivals 150 uh, that you've already got committed. I mean, I think the last one we had was Tevin Brown. I think that guy turned out pretty good. So uh, hopefully these recruiting folks know what they're talking about. And I'm excited about both of them, um, especially uh, when you take a look at, at who they had offers from, you know, if you look at their list. They were very impressive, especially for for Jordan. You know, you're looking around at a lot of other SEC schools. Uh, he got offers from his sophomore year. Uh, Racers kind of come in and 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 really put the pressure on. Um, from what I've been told, was really impressed by um, the coaching staff and the the the, the, the layout of the staff. Um, I, you know, I was hearing today that the coaching staff now is. Um, has we have as many assistants on our staff now as, as as many as any team in the missouri valley conference and we would be second in the big east um, based on the size of our coaching staff so i think players are really liking that from a player development standpoint uh, especially when you've seen what we've been able to do with getting players to the league and then when you look at dj shine um fa- uh, his father was a former division one basketball player and i think that having that jaw connection you know i think we've been waiting for a couple of seasons to to see some to reap some rewards of you know, having John Morant at Murray state. And uh, I think that the relationship between DJ and his dad kind of reminds me a little bit of jaw and T. Um, and I think that, you know, if I was a dad and, and had a son that was looking at going to college or doing something like that, and I were in their shoes, that would be very appealing to me. I think T could, could sing his praises about the time that he had here at Murray state, um, watching his son. And, and I, and, you know, as we break down their game a little bit, sorry, I'm I feel like, I'm rambling a little bit, but uh, I really like from DJ kind of moving on to him. Uh, he reminds me a lot of a, a former racer guard, just kind of how he shoots the ball and 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 how he plays on the perimeter. And that was Chico Carter Jr., who was on the team a few years ago. Um, but I really like the difference that I see from those two. Is that DJ seems like. He has that tenacity and he loves to drive the basketball and get inside and really mix things up in the pain and, and Chico is more of a of a perimeter score. I see that you've got a little bit of both of that with DJ and I'm really excited about that. So um Logan Austin, uh, I know you guys want to talk about these guys too, so I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say.
2: I think with Jordan too, just uh talking to some guys, uh, you know, I think he's he's officially listed at six seven. He was on campus about a week, uh two weeks ago, and they measured him at six eight. So he's gonna have um, he's gonna have good size. He handles the basketball well. Works on he can work on his shot, but uh, really played for some, like you said, big AU. He was on the Brad Bill Elite last year, like uh, uh, Braxton was a couple years ago. But I think he really contributed to that team, and uh, you know, just has good size, good basketball ability. And and Logan, I've been waiting to hear. I know you've watched your patented. You know, if anybody's new to the podcast, Logans are. Our, our lead recruiting uh, expert here. He, That's right. Yep, he he gets on their Twitters or Rivals or, you know, whatever, whatever YouTube, and watches exactly two minutes of film and then deduces mm-hmm. their entire game. So that is a skill like none other. So really looking forward to hearing what you have to say here.
1: Yeah, so given the fact that I only watch two minutes of film and that bases my decision on how I think this – the kid's future is going to turn out. I don't think it's really fair for Jordan, to be honest, because uh, I was in a time crunch and uh, I, I'd hate to say that I was driving, but anyways, <laughs> I'll just let you know that I, the video I clicked on didn't seem to be edited. And so uh, he was actually missing some shots. It was just game footage and I was, it left more to be desired. Uh, I was, it kind of left me, wondering, well, I wonder what it looks like when he dunks the ball or when, uh, when he makes a move that looks really good. But, um, it, anyways, enough rambling. I did see some, uh, some good moves from him. I, he's a, a really athletic guy that can play above the rim. Um, and you know, he, he can stretch the floor he's got a good shot for a, a six, seven, six, eight guy. Um, you know, move into the Missouri Valley. I'm not sure that, He would play a three. Um, I I don't know if he's ready for that. Um, You know, you you look at somebody similar size, like an Alden Applewhite, who would potentially play the three or or the stretch four. I don't know that Jordan would do that. But um, obviously talented, you know, when Tennessee and Missouri and all these other schools are after a kid. um, You know, they're not crazy. (laughs) They're they're not just seeing – Random things and guys that, that uh, nobody else sees. Obviously, everybody sees that the kid's talented. So, um, you know, a huge get for the racers, obviously. And then you've got DJ. Um, I loved his game, to be honest. He wasn't as highly recruited, or well, the teams that he was choosing between weren't necessarily as prolific as what Jordan's was. But uh, I was. I've been telling the guys in our group text. I'm wanting a dog. I want uh, you know somebody with a, a Trey Hannibal or a Brian Moore, somebody that's just not afraid to get in there and get their nose dirty and uh, really play hard. And I think DJ's that guy. I like how he drives and he can score, but he also has a good eye for where his teammates are. And uh, another thing, and Sawyer, I, I saw a lot of Chico in him as well. Another thing that I saw... And it's not fair to compare him to an NBA player, but I always remember how uh campaign was comfortable shooting, moving away from the basket, could always gather himself and uh seemed to put up a really nice shot, and it wasn't ever, you know, an air ball or far far off. He was always under control. And a lot of his shots, and it's probably because he's a little smaller, he's what, 511 but um He's moving away from the basket, and it looks effortless. Like you, you can tell his dad's taught him from a young age the right mechanics and and how to play the game the right way. So, really good additions. Um, I guess it remains to be seen what we do with the third scholarship, um, but it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, I think I think the thought around the program is probably you hold that last scholarship for transfer opportunities. Um, it's and I, which I think is is very wise. But also, I think for, for right now, you know, we've got both the guy we've got both our guys locked up. It's November 11th or November 7th, and we can focus all our attention on next year's class and getting a jump start on that has to be critical uh, for the next couple of recruiting cycles. So I really like the two additions, like you said. Uh, I'm really excited to see them um, and then watch them throughout their their, their senior years. Uh, both of their both of these guys play at prolific high schools now. Um, Jordan playing at Huntington Prep. Uh, probably famously uh, most known for um, their their player that came from there in Andrew Wiggins, who played at HoopFest a few years back. Um, obviously, he's a world champion now. And then um, you look at... Um, DJ playing for Brewster Academy. Um, that's up in, in the northeastern part of the country, and they have a tremendous list of alumni as well. Um, and so, if you if you were to look those up, you're going to see a lot of NBA players, the players who played at really high levels. Kentucky's, Texas's, all over the place. So uh, both those guys are, are in great hands as they finish their high school careers, and will be in great shape when they come and, and join us join the join the roster next year. I think they're both set to sign the dotted line. I think sometime yeah. this week or next. Yeah, I think.
2: I think you mentioned the 11th, and I think that is National Signing Day. Probably completely wrong about that, but uh we'll, we'll see. I yeah, but they. I think that's what's awesome when you see the pencil to paper. But um, they seem like basketball guys, and that's all you can ask for. Uh, basketball-minded folks. I think that was one thing either Jordan or DJ said in, in an interview of like, man, I can just like go play basketball at the facility anytime, and somebody's probably going to be up there to help you know, like you said, from a player development standpoint. And uh, there, there's a lot of those things, Sawyer, that uh, that's just one of them about having the biggest uh, biggest coaching staff in the Valley. There's a lot of things that I'm, I want to talk about, uh, not not tonight, but uh, things like that. And, and, and in IL, we talked about, we want to get into the mentoring program, Sawyer, uh, and talk about that at some point. There's just a lot of really good things from a player experience standpoint that is really helping us out from recruiting side from a transfer portal side from keeping guys like brian moore and jacoby wood and and guys who i mean no no bones about it had opportunities to leave over the summer right Uh, but they were to come back and and wanted to be murray state racers and i think it's a lot of the work from the coaching staff from the athletic department from the fans we can give ourselves a little credit right probably this podcast a little bit um, maybe but uh you know, all kidding aside i think the i want to highlight eventually in an episode i know we're running hour plus now so i don't want to uh, hang on too much longer but there's a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of positives to highlight so fellas speaking of speaking of big things and big moves one move we did not make last week and that's totally my fault i let us get off the rails a little bit but we didn't have a logan's listener of the week i mean So, uh, Mrs. Karen, uh, Quincy's mom got to go two weeks. That's pretty special, but, uh, time to back to back time to crown the next one. Logan, uh, you've had a big week, so probably not, not much time to prepare. Uh, but you know, I know you've got somebody locked and loaded, ready to go for us tonight.
1: Yeah. Uh, I just thought of this person, um, I'm not one to prepare. Anybody that's listened to this for more than one episode knows that. But this person uh, actually texted me about the podcast earlier this week. And um, it's his big week, actually. He's getting married on Saturday. And that is Davis Major. So Davis is one of my buddies. And actually, Austin's met him as well. Uh, he's getting married on Saturday. And so that's one reason why he's top of mind. Second is because he texted me and said, Hey man, I'm going to need a longer episode. It don't, the episode only got me through half of my drive to work. So, um, he was wanting, you know, us to go back to season one and season two racer nation podcast. I told him that's taxing. And, uh, you know, the, the longer we go, the, the more rambling it is and arguably the worse it gets. So um, we'll (laughs) see. But anyways, that's enough of me rambling. Davis, congratulations on the big week. I know uh, getting married is probably big, but Logan's Listener of the Week is, you know, top of the line stuff
2: davis congrats man and, and you're you're in luck because this this episode's running long so this this might be a good one for you Uh give you something to listen to on the honeymoon right to uh, yeah
1: that's you know, right that gap, if, if he so. makes it this far in the episode that <laughs> he deserves logan's listener of the week. that's a good point that's a good
2: point but congrats we had some fun times after the OBC tournament game at buds and i think i gave him a ride back to the casino as well and uh, uh you know fellow safety guy like myself so uh, you know we got got some stuff to bond over, so we got to hang out soon. Congrats on the marriage. Uh, you know it's so we can say it's it's all uphill from here for for that. And Logan, you'll be joining that joining those ranks soon. So uh, happy times ahead. Happy times as racer fans and uh, congrats on Logan's listener of the week. Uh, and so as we wrap up that Logan, thank you. Uh, you know one thing I just remembered is we talked that we want to add more sports gambling stuff to the podcast, right? You know, you guys live in Kentucky. It's all legal. Now you can get on your phone on the, on the DraftKings, and you don't have to, don't have to drive across to, to what is it? The dollar general and per They're probably yeah. going to go, they're probably going out of business. Kind of like uh, max was when, when the alcohol sales went, went legal. So poor dollar general and Perrier is probably struggling, uh, You know, you you two aren't frequenting that parking lot anymore. Uh, So you can just do it from your home on your phone. But uh, in Missouri, we're still struggling. I got to drive over to Illinois. So probably saves me a lot of money. Logan, you got to make back a lot of money from your big purchase. And you got a wedding coming up. So you got to pay for it somehow. So one way to pay for it is going to be to bet on the racers Friday night. Got, Got the Tennessee Tech game. So obviously when we record these, It's going to be really hard for us to have the lines in front of us. A lot of times they're not set till the day before or the day of. And, you know, that's just we all have full time jobs, so we can't just put a podcast out every single day. So um, I think one thing we can do, Logan, is say, hey, if the line is this, man, I feel comfortable putting putting my wife's engagement or fiance's engagement ring on the racers. Yeah. You know, something small like that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so I'll let the listeners in on uh, my history with sports gambling. And first, I'm going to preface this by saying that this is not financial advice. I am probably the worst sports gambler there is. And, you know, I'm coming off about a two-year cold streak. And <laughs> got I got hot for a couple of weeks whenever it got legalized in Kentucky. But my issue is, after I went a little bit, I say, why don't I just double my unit size and not in the way that, you know, we all want to, but basically double down on my bet. And then I go on a cold streak and my bankroll is just depleted. And so that's what's happened. Um, But my rule for gambling on racer games, racer basketball games is what this applies to, not any other racer sporting event. Racer basketball games is I will never bet on another team to beat us. I, I just can't do it. it. It just hurts me too much. Uh, even though I know it's probably going to happen in some instances um, over the years, just can't bet on another team to beat us. However, if we were to be giving up a certain amount of points to, you know, whoever Tennessee tech on Friday night, I may say, Hey, that, that's a little generous and, and take them, <laughs> but I will never bet another team to beat us. So with that being said, if I had to project a line for the Tennessee tech game, this is so tough because we haven't played a division one school yet. And they've just looked awful. Uh, And I'm trying to think back to when we were both in the OVC together and what those lines were kind of like. And I think given the fact that they look to be pretty terrible and, that um, there's not a whole lot of, you know, history on what we're able to do just yet, or we haven't necessarily been tested all that much. I'm gonna go ahead and give a line of seventeen and a half.
2: That's a big number. It's a big number.
1: It, it is, and you know, they haven't come between forty points of a victory yet. So,
0: yeah, I think I think. First off, I love the history, the background on, on since you are the expert uh, no. and, and trying to break it down for us. I think it's also very important that you said that this is not advice and should not be used for any money-making purposes. Uh, isn't that the, no. the typical?
1: No. S- what you want to do is you want to take what I say and literally take the opposite side. I promise I'm not trying to be funny. That's, I'll hesitate to say this, but that would be smart financial advice. <laughs>
0: In looking at this game for me, I, I think the line might be closer to like in the thirteen and a half to fifteen number. I would love for it to be up at the seventeen number. Um, that's just that's just a lot of points. And I, I tried to look at the board a little bit last night, and a lot of the games that I expected to be bigger spreads were much smaller. And I don't know if like, it's like it's a transfer portal effect um, where they think that more teams will be more even coming out of the gate because. They're all getting their first games together. I'm not sure what the, what the explanation for that might be. That's just maybe a theory that I've seen some throw around. But, um, you know, I th- if, if, if that is the case and it's 17, um, is that the number you still think you're comfortable with for the racers to be able to cover? Or what do you think a final score might be uh, based on how you're looking at this game? Um, well, I, to be honest, I was just shooting from
1: the hip. Um, I know no surprises there. Now that you mentioned looking at other games during the course of this podcast, I had a buddy ask me what I thought about Drake minus 13 and a half tomorrow night. They're playing Lipscomb um, on Wednesday night. And so to your point, that is a little bit closer considering that Drake is projected to be a really good team and um, Lipscomb's they're not that bad, um, to be honest. I think they played Wichita State and lost in their first game. But anyways, um, it, it's probably a little wide. At that point, you may want to take Tennessee Tech. I think I will probably just blindly bet the racers up until 17 and a half, and if it gets above there, I'll probably just lay off.
2: Great combo, guys. I've been like in the depths of uh, Twitter looking for
1: if oh, we good. did this.
2: Yeah, no, yikes. Uh, did the – if we did the spread prediction for the Tennessee tech game two years ago when we played them and we did not. So unfortunately that, that search came up empty. I was thinking maybe we could snag. uh, I saw some for like we did uh, Sawyer hammered the uh, Belmont spread at minus three and a half. Last time we played them, you were spot on with that one. Uh, Logan, I think you were spot on for UT Martin we did it for Semo and I think one other school, but hopefully we can bring that back. Uh, just off the top of my head, I had the number at, like, 12 and a half. Sorry, I think closer to, like, what you had. Like you said, just a lot of unknowns. And, like you said, not not having a D1 game under our belt. I think that might spook Vegas a little bit. I don't want to say, like, they're not going to have the confidence to have it, looking at that larger number of, like, a 17, I don't think. And, and they're going to be more on the conservative side just trying to – Uh, You know, save their monies uh, because they know that you could bankrupt them pretty easily (laughs) if it got up to uh, got up to like 17. So I think they might be a little bit more conservative. So be interesting to see how it is. Um, What about let's just assume we win and cover on Friday, you know, and depending on what happens with Western, uh, they've got who do they got sorry, Wichita state.
0: Yes, or, and you're uh, right, Logan. Uh, Luskin yeah. did play Wichita State earlier this this weekend. That beat by almost 20. So there you
2: go. What are you thinking for uh, Western? They uh, they just beat Kentucky Wesleyan uh, last night, I think.
1: The line for our game against Western. Yes.
2: Yeah, sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I do not see us being favored in that game. Okay. I I would say probably Western minus three
2: and a half or minus four. Wow. Giving up four points at home. Interesting. Sorry. What do you think?
0: Man, I, I don't know. This was going to be tough. I think if, 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 if I had to pick it right now, it would probably be just a slight favorite for the racers just because we are at home, maybe even a pick them. Um, but you know, I could see why, why you would, why you would think it, it would be that way, Logan. And I really just mainly hope it's not from a heart of hearts. I hope that we are the favorite in this game. Um, but I could, I could see it going either way. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really interesting to see. I think we're going to find out a lot about what Vegas thinks of our team over the next two games. And uh, that'll be really interesting for us to dive into next week um, for sure. Uh, but I, I, I do think that'll be crazy for, for me. You know, looking back at the Tennessee Tech game, I think that might be an underplay. Um, just as few points as what Tennessee Tech has scored in their exhibitions and their uh and what they've showed against Austin P I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, against Austin P and then against uh, Tennessee um, this past week, but then for the game against Western, I think that one could be a shootout. So um, a lot of points being scored potentially in that one, two teams that want to get up and down the floor. So um looking forward to both games and it's going to tell us a lot and it be a lot for us to break down next week, which will be a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: for sure. And just one last thought for me, all Western uh, I will, you know, I, I'll throw a number out there to racers one and a half, but uh Logan, it'll be interesting if it goes your route. You know, Sawyer, we talked a lot last week about the team having a chip on their shoulder, playing an underdog role. There's your first opportunity to say, hey, Vegas thinks Western's going to come into the CFSB Center and beat you guys. That's If that's not bulletin board material, I don't know what is. So if it does go that route, Logan, uh, what you're thinking, it's going to be really interesting to see how the team responds.
1: Yeah, and like we always say, we like when the team's got their – got the chip on their shoulder or that bulletin Mm -hmm. board material. uh, You know, it started with the preseason rankings Mm -hmm. being picked seventh. So um, like we talked about last week, a lot of racer fans that I've talked to have said, I think we should be picked higher because the other teams aren't as good. And I voiced how I hate that um, sentiment. It's, you know, it's time to prove it. We're playing. Tennessee Tech and and then the real show starts next week. Um mm-hmm. you know I know we're not supposed to look past Tennessee Tech, but Western's right on the horizon and and that's the big test. So um, it's time to, you know, early in the season, put your big boy britches on and get to work.
2: And I'll say for those folks that say that, look at some of the games that the Missouri Valleys played over the last night or two there's not a lot of teams that got worse. So uh, there's still a lot of really good players and really good teams in this league. So uh, that's just going to be how it is every single year. And you know what? Let's throw Murray State in that conversation. Guys, really fun conversations tonight. Mixing it up a little bit. We've gone way longer than we thought we would, like we always do. So like you said, Logan, back to season one kind of stuff where we just keep rambling. uh, Cause I think we're all fired up, man. And that's, that's what's so fun about it um the the game day experience the prep the i mean boys basketball season is back and that's what we love and that's what we live for logan congrats again uh just can't can't be happy for you guys um can't wait to see y'all on friday night it's gonna be a nice little reunion in the bank for us even though i saw you guys last week it's gonna be fun to see y'all again can't wait to see the racers can't wait to see this these new lights i'm pumped about that and uh boys let's get a win against tennessee tech on friday night and let's get a win against western that'll be awesome to kick that um Absolutely. heck yeah kick, kick that series back off again and then we'll talk again uh, just like we do every week on the racer nation podcast so thanks everybody for listening uh, thanks for tuning in listening to us ramble hope you guys had fun because we sure as heck did and sawyer go ahead and send us off Go Racers. Go Racers. Go Racers. Murray State, stand up. who Squad, stand up. Anyone who's in the CFSB, stand up. It's time to take these questions
0: that have been asked to get them answered. Who's going to win?
1: MVC.